I've been convinced to go back and watch The Adventures of Pete and Pete, which I've never seen. Oh my and gosh, so, that was now, so that's good. good. That's now, that's now on my good. list of things to actually watch. I fucking loved that show. You yeah. will love. That's what I'm hearing. I, that's what I've heard for a long time, but now I'm like convinced. Yeah, it was really it. good. <laughs> that's a really good one. I still remember the episode of Pete and Pete where they have a competition with a guy who eats chicken wings with a fork and a knife. Uh-huh. Do you remember you remember what I'm That's talking about, Lisa? Amazing. All right. Oh my God. That episode was absolutely genius. See now everything like, I'm hearing it about was this, so I, absurd. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was beautifully oh absurd. I loved I like, it. Yeah. I feel like but this is right up my alley. Uh welcome to that episode was We Are Popsicle. In this episode, we'll be offering opinions and reactions to the Sandman Season 1, Episode 10, Lost Hearts, in which the Vortex almost loses its shit. Uh, the series was developed by Neil Gaiman, David uh, Goyer, and showrunner Alan Heinberg. This episode was written by Jay Franklin. It was directed by Louise Hooper. Um, and I'm here with some remarkable people today, uh, my co-hosts, who will spoil things for you. Not because they're mean, uh, as a lot of people are online, but because we... Because can, that's the job. That's the job, exactly. Thank you, Justin, uh, cutting in there to help me out, as he always does. Uh, that is, yeah, everybody, that's Justin Peniston. Round of applause. How are you doing, Justin? I don't know if Lisa Weber noticed, but... Uh, I expressly did not dance in the break. Oh, wow. I froze. He did it yeah. to spite me. He did. To spite you. That's exactly right. <laughs> I did it to spite you. The spite already at the beginning of the but season. I see spite. what's happening here. It was it was love spite. It was a, you know. The the tone of this episode has been set, y'all. Uh, and uh, with, with her response to this open uh, uh, attack, uh, Lisa K. Weber. What do, you, what do you have to say to that, Lisa K. Weber? Oh, it's me. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And uh, coming in on the uh, the other the corner, uh, I, don't, I can't remember any boxing terms right now, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, we've got Kelly Sue coming in on the other side of the ring here. Uh, how are you doing, it. Kelly I Sue? I don't know anything about boxing, yeah, so yeah. Well, appropriate. I, I feel like maybe <laughs> I've seen enough Rocky over the years that I should just know shit, but I don't have it right now. It's not with me. I'm on the ropes. There you go. Those movies Thank aren't you. really like about the technical side of boxing. No, no, it isn't. But they do say like things that sound they like do boxing. Say like things. Like things that sound like boxing stuff. Uh, Claire, speaking, <laughs> have you seen any of the Rocky movies? Like, because most of them are from the 80s. Do you know what Dream, we're talking about? It's a fair about? question. I know about the Rocky movies. Claire, <laughs> shit, we have Claire, to add those to your you, list. I'm going to take you in my heart. And, and and take the attention off you for a sec. I've never seen this, any Rocky movie. Oh, what? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's... Never seen any Rocky movie. But okay. I absolutely mm. am not a boxing fan. 
Mm. Yeah, I think that's again, it's like it's not like you don't watch Rocky because you're a fan of boxing. (laughs) Like I think you guys are kind of missing the point. Yeah, it's not really about boxing. No, I'm I'm sure, but like it's hard to root for me. It's hard for me to root for someone whose goal is to go in and beat the shit out of someone else just because. That's like a that is a freaking that's sort of a like a, a non-starter for me, you know. And why are you watching the Sandman? I, it's fantasy, and I dream a lot. <laughs> they can relate, you and can relate. I don't have to root for Dream. I'm not expected to root for Dream. No, I'm teasing. That was just a joke. There are, <laughs> there are things going on in the Sandman. Yes, yes, there are, and yeah. it's it's wholly unlike Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Very unlike Rocky, uh, except Rocky does have a dream. Um, he does. Uh, he does. Uh, and let's uh, let's roll into this. Um, Lucian. <laughs> oh my God! No! 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 no. 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 So we're so we're so this is where we've arrived. This is where we, we are. This is, this is where this we're is starting the, the episode, everybody. This is where we're. Starting. Uh, so Sandman, Sandman, um, as Sandman does, it gets me thinking about a lot of things. And um, I was at a party last night and discussing with the people wait, there. Wait, we have to. Did you introduce everybody? Did yeah. I get everybody? Did you introduce Kelly, Sue and Claire? Yeah. 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 Oh, OK. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I feel like you I feel like you check out of my intros, Justin. We've had this conversation before. Oh, I check out. Like after just in, his name in, is said, he just blanks out. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's because yeah. he's like, thinking no, of the theme music. anymore. We know we know he's because he's listening I to the theme music. That's absolutely why. did yeah. not think of the theme music. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, after, yes, uh, introducing everybody, uh, except for maybe myself. Hi, I'm Phil. Um, it gets me, uh, so the Sandman gets me thinking about a lot of things as it does. And we were talking last night at this party about how like the toxic fandom has always been around. They've always been kind of off in their own little comic book stores, talking shit and whatever. And, you know, but the, the internet has sort of taken down those walls and allowed them all to collect in the community and like bolster each other. So their voices become louder and even more toxic and terrible and, and I was thinking about that while watching this episode last night after that conversation, especially when Rose is like in the dream uh, with all the serial killers surrounding her and like the walls are coming down and all of this sort of, and, and then the further conversations that, you know, Dream and the Corinthian have, then the, the, that uh, Dream talks to when he's talking to the serial killers at the end. Um, and he's like, this has been allowed to go on too long. Like the walls have been taken down and, and this is, you know, like I, I found when we were talking about the graphic novel, which for anybody who's listening to this, go back and watch um, our series with Fanbase Press uh, called Dream Journal, in which we talk about the graphic novel and be a little forgiving because it was early on and we don't have all the mics that we have now. So sound like quality wise may not be as don't like be like, oh, the quality sucks. Yes, it does. I don't but we're, we still but we wow. still talk, but we still talk. Wow. And it's wonderful. Um, it's fine. Uh, you'll get a lot out of the conversation. Um, but I, I found like while watching this, like as with the graphic novel, they're just naturally kind of pulling from the world around them and things that are going on and things that we're experiencing now. And I really felt that while watching this episode, especially with that sort of tearing down the walls so that these more horrible things can kind of come together and bolster you know, themselves a little more. And I'm wondering with that in mind, uh, 
like how this episode or you know anything really are you all experiencing that are you are you finding different things like that happening with you especially with this kind of like serial killer start with the serial killer stuff to kind of pull it in a little bit sure i um i mean in the comic and in the show i love the resolution with the serial killers like i love when dream removes their delusions and they're just left with the intense shame and guilt and horribleness of themselves i think it's such a satisfying payoff in both mediums um and I mean, like, yes, I can definitely, like, I think, and I think that that works in the source material and works here because there are always, there's always this faction. Like these, these people just exist. Toxic people exist. They're a part of this world. And so it's, it's always relatable. Like it's, it's never not I don't think that that segment is ever not going to be relatable um as far as like taking like removing the walls between like this the sequence of like you know when the Corinthian is really like going for it mm. and is like encouraging them all to dream so that Rose takes down the walls and we start to like see the world the way the Corinthian wants it to be um that is like well yeah i mean it's a good point what you're saying as far as like these people like it but i mean it happens in the convention itself it's like the meeting of a hate group essentially and they're all like oh look at us all together we're not alone it's not just me i'm not an outlier i'm i'm special and these are special people with me. Um, and we all understand each other and we're all more powerful because we're together. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what hate does. Mm -hmm. Builds on itself, you know, and it makes yeah. people feel special. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I see that yeah. correlation. I don't know if this is exactly what you're saying and asking the question, but you strike me with the metaphor of, you know, the walls coming down between the dreamers, so to speak, um, which as I was watching the second time confused me a little. I was like, no, these people are asleep, but whatever, you know, um, um, but, uh, and that coming down of the walls is sort of the internet. Mm -hmm. that's the metaphor mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. and bit, yeah. Yeah. so all that toxicity is spilling over into you know those of us who maybe aren't so toxic mm -hmm. um but it also at the same time like there's a timeliness to it but there's also a timelessness to it because like lisa says toxic and even like you said in your question those toxic people have always been there you know once upon a time maybe they were relegated to comic shops and comic conventions you know what i mean um to to, to the places where they were they felt left out and sh the corners they were shunted into 
And now they're out under the bright lights, you know, trying to rip down the Capitol building. Mm -hmm. um, but they've always been there. They're not new. You know, the only thing that might be new is the fact that, you know, a whole bunch of people who aren't so toxic are noticing and calling them out. And that discussion is being had. And maybe that's represented by, you know, by Dream's judgment on them, so to speak. But again, he does that in the comic as well. And mm -hmm. so maybe in the comic it was um, aspirational, but here it's representative of the times. So, yeah. I, um, when I think of the Corinthian and also just the serial killer convention on its own, um, it kind of goes back to what I was saying in our previous episode about the quote from House. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not just trying to do a thing where I bring House up every episode. Um, <laughs> this is it's not a, a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, and I don't even know if this is to the point you're making, Phil, but I think it's so interesting that they're out here and they are like, we are in a way like above others, yeah. you know, we see things differently. We yeah. see the reality and we're, you know, this whole speech that they give to each other about being pioneers and swashbucklers and mm -hmm. all of these things, right? Like we're yeah. Yeah. super human. Mm -hmm. um, even the Corinthian is like, you know, we are, we're above humans, but at the end of the day, that's what they want to be. Like they're holding a convention, which could be the most mundane human experience of all time. <laughs> trade show. That's what you're doing. <laughs> and you're doing it to have connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is. Yep. Human. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And the Corinthian is doing what he does because he wants to matter, mm -hmm. which is human. Mm -hmm. These are innately human things and they don't even realize that's what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> you know? yep. literally. Um, like, and like, that is so applicable to the time that we're living in. Yeah. I mm -hmm. literally, the Corinthian tells dream that uh, he was being what he was because he wanted to taste what it was like to be exactly. human. Yeah. And uh, Fiddler's Green says the same thing. You wanted to experience, which mm -hmm. leads me to believe when Dream created these things, he left out a really important element. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like if we're going to be uh, stewards to humans, we should maybe know what humans are kind of like a little mm -hmm. bit. And he, he in, in the creation, he left that out. So mm -hmm. how, you know, you have these two. Yet sort somehow of in the creation, what was left in was the desire to understand. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. really, really interesting. Yeah. And Very he even says it in that when he has yeah. that conversation with Corinthian, it's mm -hmm. you're right. It's my fault. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And moreover, you know, the final lesson is that it's not about the endless. It's not about what mm -hmm. he brings to the dreams. It's always been about what humanity brings to the dreams. Mm -hmm. that right. We create them out of our dreaming. So even though, prior to his incarceration dream could not put that 
essential element of humanity into his creations mm-hmm. we did it for him mm-hmm. and that's why those things these dreams want to be more than they are yeah well, and i like the correlation of that theme that's prevalent in the story with the idea of humanity grappling with social media the internet and the a degree of connectivity we think we have now and yet and also that we don't have right now and that literally we're walking through all of these perceptions of what we think is real in the world and letting things influence us like they have power over us but then realizing the way rose does that oh no i'm i'm at the center of this i have i have power over what is swirling around me so i can choose to bring all of the good things from this chaos and work with those things and then bring those that to other people as well and that's basically what rose does through this whole episode is is confront that uncertainty and like you know undiscovered country to quote star trek i'll quote star trek every episode and you quote house every episode okay Okay. i just don't want anybody thinking that i love house as much as you love star trek (laughs) (laughs) what's going on here this is fair enough this is fair enough um but yeah it's it's we've created this like monster of this nightmare of a social reality that I don't think humans have yet caught up to in terms of being able to even understand how it's influencing us, much less take control over it. And sometimes it is just that realization of, oh, I, but I do have control over it. I already have control over it because I already make my own personal choice about what I do and what I don't do and what I, how I can help other people. Mm-hmm. Which is why is Rose's it. solution is so great. She's like, I'm just going to wake up and get the fuck out of here and yeah. y'all yeah. deal with it. Like mm-hmm. not my serial killer convention, not my fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is a good lesson as we engage with trolls on the internet and maybe choose to disengage yes. from trolls on the internet. Throw those walls back up. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. No, nope. yeah. Nothing wrong with controlling who who you let in or let out uh, or keep yeah. out, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, cool. I feel like this is a good time. We're going to quick go to break uh, cool. here and come back and discuss the other half of my episode. Um, so yeah, we'll be right back. Cool. Um, If you're enjoying this conversation, be sure to check out the latest that episode was a discussion about Amazon's Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. A bit later this fall, we will be peeling back the curtain on David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks with a new throwback series, That Gummy You Like. Um, And keep checking back for more popsicle pop-ups. You never know what's going to like strike our fancy and spur the next big discussion. Uh, For all of those 
updates follow at popsicle pod on all social medias and sign up for the popsicle newsletter on our website popsiclepod.com that's popsicle pod p-o-p-s-k-l-p-o-d and uh, wherever you get your popsicle uh, be sure to like rate and review and subscribe to the show your input helps spread the word and expand the conversation We're back. We're back. And we got Rose to talk about. We got a lot of stuff here to still to talk about. Um, uh, and I feel like with Rose, you know, we're kind of we're confronted with the idea of death again, like, you know, with the sound of her wings and life and the inevitability of death and the maybe the hope of life. And there's a lot of things going on here uh, from Rose's side and Unity's side and sort of conclusion of the second half of the episode, um, you know, dealing with all of the people in the house again and uh, like sort of talking about how we did the first episode. Um, how does Rose's story speak to you? Especially now that we have like uh, a black Rose and a black unity. And is this adding something different to this conversation than maybe it did when, uh, especially the wrap up and all the themes that we're dealing with uh, that were not present, I guess, when reading the graphic novel. I'm very curious everybody's thoughts on these things. Yeah, does anybody want to jump in, please? It's a, it's a lot, I know. And I can I can start, maybe. Wow, uh, yeah, yes. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, okay. I yeah. can't believe like, have something like waiting for someone else to say yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, people are like This uh, is like the most awkward waiting for someone else to say yeah. something. Because I'm like, I don't, I started last time. I don't want to start this time. <laughs> you love that. I don't want to start again. <laughs> That's the best. Look at all of us being so polite. Still polite. I, I, I mean, like well, with Unity, with Unity, for instance, I feel like there, there's something to talk about with her ability to give to the next generation. I mean, it's a literal sacrifice that she makes, but but to allow herself to be taken out of her story and somebody else's story to better the next generation's life. I thought I found that to be really powerful and really moving um, uh, in, in the series and in a way that I didn't pick up on it when reading the graphic novel. Um, and maybe that's just because my brain is in a different place than reading the graphic novel about, you know, where we're at uh, as a culture where a lot of of our older generation, a large portion are like me, me, me still. And they're not thinking about what's to come and you know with the chaos and this vortex and what it could represent of this this breaking down of our society and our world and and what we are as a culture what we could be as a culture and um so i mean yeah the, i the sequence I, I'm, does the sequence is very different in uh -huh. i mean it it hits different yeah in this medium uh -huh. than it does in the comics and certainly because we you know, we've been given these little kind of like peaks into unity situation that when she shows up, it's mm -hmm. there's there. I feel like there is a little bit more weight to her showing up and doing what she does in this iteration. Yeah. Um, there's a there, like the thing about this sequence for me is that it's always been a tiny bit What's the word I want to use? 
it's it it it's not seamless, you know, like even in the comic, it wasn't seamless. There was a lot of stuff that happens in that vortex sequence that even in the comic, I was like, like, Are I don't you know. Trying to say it's a clunkosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Love a little, a baby clunkosaur. Um, <laughs> hatchling. Oh, I just like a sore hatchling because it's like, you know, from like even from like, you know, Fiddler's Green showing up and his whole like even in the comic when he's like, oh, take my life instead. I remember even reading that and being like, dude, you know, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, you know, that's yeah. not how this works. And so when it happens here in the show, I'm like, I mean, come on, you know, that's not how this works. It's a lovely um, gesture. It's yeah. a lovely gesture, but it's like, even, you know, that's all it is. Yeah, and totally. then it's like almost instantly because he knows that's all it is. He's like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> I'm off to be back as Fiddler's Green. And when he like takes the moment, then it's like, even in like when he takes the moment to be like, oh, let me like come like give you my theory about why vortexes exist because of humanity and stuff it's like this seems like maybe not the best time to be doing this because the vortex is happening like right right now now <laughs> yeah and there's like a sense of too. urgency to it yeah. and then we stop to talk like very philosophically about what the meaning of a vortex is while there's the urgency of the vortex. And so this is kind of like, this is why there's like a bit of a uh, uh, mm. uh, 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 to this entire sequence. And I think that's why I have a hard time, like really like, that's why I have a hard time talking about it because it's like, there's a, like each individual part of it is fine, but the way it's all put together has never, like I said, even in the comics made mm -hmm. perfect sense. Even yeah. when unity shows up and is like, Oh, just, you know, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, it's be like I said, because we we've gotten to know unity in a different way mm -hmm. through this show, mm -hmm. it, it means a little more and it, it, it has a better, I think it has a greater impact when she does it here um but yeah there's just there's some awkwardness in this mm -hmm. sequence sure, and sure. so yeah. that's why it's I, like I, I i can't i i have i struggle to dive fully in because of sure. the awkwardness yeah. i love that you you brought up how jarring fiddler's interruption is mm -hmm. in that moment uh -huh. because my initial reaction to it is like that's just such a beautiful um beautiful it's beautiful but fiddler interrupting and saying hey i am one of your creations but i understand this thing that i have done that you could punish me for that you say that i should not have done has brought me to the place of understanding what you should understand person who created me um in this moment um and so i didn't i don't think i felt that jarring quite the same way but i see what you're saying lisa and now that you've said it i i think i'm recognizing that it's it's a really great moment to be jarring because our in our egocentric way we tend to uh 
charge forward with solutions to problems, right? With mm-hmm. a just like, oh, okay, no, I know it needs to be done. This is this is how things need to go. And the story stops us from doing that and makes us stop and think and question what is really the problem? What is, we need to stop and understand what the issue is before implementing solutions that we don't understand yet. And just assuming that we we know what something is and what needs to be done with it. Uh, I like I that I point. That I can... And I think that that I like that point and it could have worked if they addressed it that way in the show. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm definitely saying, hey, I can put this on scene as an audience, <laughs> as a, 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 you know, someone who's taking it in. I can, yeah. I can read it that way. I don't necessarily feel that the, that the show may have understood it to be that, that, you know, to lay that out that way. Mm-hmm. that's just, it's all very interesting to me. I, I feel like going back and rewatching this entire sequence with Rose and being the vortex and just kind of re-examining the ways where it, it is awkward and, mm-hmm. and broken and look at it again from like, oh, okay, maybe that's purpose. If it were purposeful, yeah. what does that tell me? Yeah. It's a very interesting point. I like the point a lot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. you guys are sort of helping me and i'm coming to this like in the discussion this is not something that i came through through my notes uh. but i did feel the awkwardness of this climax and i love the doll's house it's one of my favorite arcs of the comic series uh-huh. but i've always sort of had issues with the climax uh-huh. and it's making me realize why now like mm-hmm. This show is about dreams and dreams are integral to the human condition, dreams and stories and the way we process our fucked up lives and our fucked up feelings. All that stuff is something that we can really relate to. And that's why this series hits as hard as it does that. And it's, you know, imaginably unimaginably incredible craftsmanship, but there's no fucking such thing as a dream vortex. (laughs) <laughs> and dream vortexes don't impact our lives. No one is going through life worrying about, oh, my dreams are going to co- co- are going to collide with someone else's dreams, and the world is going to end. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just like, like the 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 set dressing of this particular scene just doesn't convince me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. You know, at, at the heart of story, at the heart of conflict, is primality. It's something primordial. It's something that hits us where we live. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. a dream vortex just doesn't do that. Now, everything that comes around with it, you know, sense of sacrifice for someone you love and, you know, and, and wanting to be more than you are. Yes, those things really work. And mm-hmm. fortunately, those are the lion's share of care and attention are given to those things. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that this climax, this whole dream vortex thing is kind of, it just doesn't quite come off the way it ought to uh-huh. because conceptually, it, I, I think it's flawed in, in, in its in its concept. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? I think it's just, yeah. it's just yeah. not something that, no one, none of us are thinking, I could be Rose. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, in that way, you know? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I, I think, you know, 
loathe though I am to criticize, you know, your best this, friend Neil. Yeah, I mean that's my boy. I, you know, you have but to. I think you have to be truthful to your best. I need friend to sit sometimes. down. We need to sit down with a pint. And I need to just tell him. Yeah. I just need to tell him straight. Well, straight. it's hard. It's difficult for. I agree with legitimately everything that's been said, and it's hard for me to even walk through the door of this discussion point without thinking about um the role that desire plays in all of it yeah where it's like this is one hell of an elaborate way to like piss off your brother (laughs) this is a hell of an elaborate way to try to like usurp him from his fucking throne (laughs) do you know what i mean like, wow, playing the long game mm. in a real weird way, which I guess is desire. It's nonlinear. It's so over the top, too much always, <laughs> you know, but it's hard, you know, I and I love all of these themes of like, you know, hope for humanity and facing death and, you know, the inevitability of endings and all of these things. All of that is... I mean, it's their ongoing themes for all of the Sandman. But I think that's one of the things that's ultimately frustrating about it for me, which is like, this was all a ploy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. this was just all a big plan Mm -hmm. to get at Dream. Yeah. Successful in a way. Yeah, almost. Partially. Partially successful. Dream is pretty pissed (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah right it's um and as lovely as it is to you know see desire hatch the plan and just see desire in general (laughs) (laughs) um and of course the moment that they share at the end where oh god do not if forget. we talk about that now we're gonna get entirely derailed i'm yeah. gonna slide off of my seat and you won't see me again the point that i'm making because i know that, that <laughs> i said probably... what i said everybody she said what it she was... said and she yes. meant i am absorbing that i want you to know i am i am shall we say soaking that up like a sponge right now all right <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> before we get into the real juice of Lisa's hot takes, mm-hmm. oh my I just God. want to finish with the point, which is like, you know, he goes to tell them, be careful who you're fucking with. Right. Basically. Mm-hmm. Because without me, you don't exist. Mm. Basically. And desire being like, no, without me, you don't exist. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's just a really giant, awkward way <laughs> to be like these siblings are fighting with each other. Well, and it's basically saying that okay, here's this basic existential question about the existence of humans and mm-hmm. what we what we are. And then it's basically the story is basically saying, yeah, all of that shit is just one big long con anyway. Yeah. Like it's just, you well, know. yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such an amazing point you make Kelly Sue is that like, maybe that's why all of this like flowery business isn't working because at the end it's all revealed to be yeah. a 
you know, a scheme. Petty bullshit. Yeah. yeah. It's all revealed yeah. to be petty bullshit. Well, and so and, it's like, yeah, it's, but it's, it's also, hard to dive deep into it knowing that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and yes, absolutely. And then it goes back to just giving even more credit to Neil Gaiman and to the people telling the story because it doesn't cheapen any of the connection that we've had with Unity in her experience. And it doesn't cheapen the connection that we have with Rose or with Jed. It doesn't cheapen the parts of it that speak to actual like humanity and connection. All that it does is have us being like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I... Yeah, sorry. It, it it make again. I think it makes sense in a way too. Of like, this is this this story is about people and people who are not people coming to the realization that they are like just utterly finite. Like, what we 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 spend all this time as humans having all of these again existential crises and uh-huh. and back and forth about you know like oh is it how how is this controlling me or that controlling me? And like, it's all this big, huge, important um, thing. And here comes the nihilism that lives in me. Um, We're little tiny things that exist for like, not even the blip of a, like, like we're smaller than the smallest particle that we can even have even discovered yet in terms of just larger cosmic existence. And we're putting... Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of beautiful that we put all of this energy into knowing all of these characters, knowing each other when we're all pretty, like we're all an insignificant vortex. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to go a Doctor Who route and be like, we're all just stories in the end. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. I no. just went on a nihilistic rant. That's fine. Like I, I'm going to be quiet now. Pretty I, positive no, okay. for a nihilistic yeah. rant, honestly. Yeah, not, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Too, too bad. I because I when I wrote this prompt, I lit. I didn't know what the answer was, honestly, because uh, it's a it's a lot. It's a big thing to wrap one's head around. Because I, like you were saying, Kelly Sue, like to a large degree, this is a MacGuffin to the kind of you know, it's like a, this huge MacGuffin, right? Uh, is the center of the story and the center of the climax. And, you know, it's, you know, Neil Gaiman is very much inspired and influenced by, you know, mythologies where gods got, you know, went in and started like moving pieces yeah. around on the board and kind of fucking with people. And that's kind of, that's what we see here. And, uh, you know, these these little tiny vortexes that we are where we suck people in and, and you know, we become self-destructive or whatever. Like, I don't even, like, it's, it's like, well, I agree with Justin as well, where, the metaphor isn't strong enough with the vortex to relate, which is why it feels uh-huh. a little more like a MacGuffin. Like you have to really dig in to find like an intellectual or emotional connection to the vortex. Like you have to be like, well, let me put on my snobby reading glasses and discuss uh, mythology and da, 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 uh-huh. which is all very interesting. But at a certain point, but it has not to very re- human, but it, exactly. That's what I was about yeah. to say. Yeah. It doesn't relate on a human level. Uh, yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth as I was about to say them. Um, drive by Claire. Drive by Claire. Uh, and there goes Justin running off into the distance <laughs> <laughs> um, with his victory flag. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, like I, I like the intellectualness of what Gaiman and the show is doing, and I appreciate all of that. But at the same time, when the vortex stuff happens at the end, I'm not emotionally moved by it, it necessarily. It's not until Galt is turned into a dream where I'm like, oh. 
oh, you know, where I got all the clamps. And I was like, oh, like, you know, and I, I found myself a little like watching it for the first time, a little confused by that. Cause I was like, why am I not? I cry at the drop of a hat. I'm not crying during any of this vortex stuff. Like I'm getting it kind of, but yeah, yeah, I, Justin. I, I want to say A that I am amused by the fact that you are annoyed that you weren't crying, which I, 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 I find that, 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 that is the most Philip thing ever. And I should, as, as an aside, yeah. I just want to say that my wife has now become the, did Philip cry? Like that, that's, her, that's, that's one of her, that's one of her things. That's one of her questions. Amazing. Um, amazing. I'm not going to watch what you want me to watch unless you tell me Philip cried. That's you know? amazing. But I, I, this does, um, sort of bring up the fact and this is sort of leading into one of my hot takes yeah oh and that was simply that the clearest best most relatable and best executed arc of this entire story is the dream lucian arc mm -hmm. it's really clean it's really well executed and that scene with galt mm -hmm. is where it resolves finally. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's the that is the that is our visual representation of this story of Morpheus's arc, Dream's arc, actually reaching its conclusion. And that's why that affects you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to say, as the resident, you know, black person on the panel, um, because you ask, you know, has yeah. the cast yeah, has, has, has re-racing yeah. these people, does it affect this story? And I would say. Blackness affected the development of the story, mm -hmm. but it doesn't affect the story at its heart. Mm -hmm. Like, because, I mean, and w w the ways it works and the ways in which it doesn't, you know, because, like, it's a very human story. You know what I mean? And and the vortex part, which doesn't necessarily work as well as we might like, is, you know, not made more or less so by the race of the characters. Um, the one thing that I take from it from an, a, a racial and also gender perspective is this. If you want to get yourself right, maybe listen to more black women. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? All right. All right? Just maybe listen yeah. to more black women. Because yep. right? they will set your ass straight. Fair. Okay? Yep. All right? uh, yeah. Like it's not an accident that it's Rose, Lucienne, Galt, and Unity who mm -hmm. basically are the ones who hammered this point home to hmm. freaking dream and i i would not be surprised if it was alan heinberg who was like we need sisters you know what i'm yeah. saying well, <laughs> and that, that does feel very purposeful going back when you realize you have to kind of go back with dream to his the very beginning and that we've got what's her name um nada nada is still in hell and that that's part of that like together and having the power of that voice yeah i think yeah. there's something to take back to the not a story and yeah. and more than yeah. that is there any more like historically truly oppressed person than the black woman you know someone who's been more marginalized more abused more you know that's well you know. the 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 i remember the graphic novel affecting me greatly once i realized that uh dreams you know, utter disregard for this black society, you know, and throwing Nada in hell also corrupted 
her legacy and you saw two other black women destroyed by fire in the series like mm-hmm. that fucked me up like once that. once yeah. uh once you see uh i don't want to spoil anything uh, how that comes to be yeah, like, yeah you don't might, have to get specific yeah, it, yeah. It, you know and that might change in the series because we're seeing right I now as claire well, was I mean, saying i yeah we'll see we'll i feel see. it's already feel changed like, yes it's yeah. already changed because as claire because... was saying and justin you're saying they're 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 yeah. the power they're the voice here well yeah. in the comic those women were mm-hmm. the only representations yes. of black women in the yes, comic exactly and that yeah. is already completely undone yeah you know? well i mean so it's, it curious. changed the moment um john d didn't kill mm-hmm. um rosemary remember yeah. anybody's yeah. name today yeah rosemary uh, like it yeah. that's that's started which is yeah yeah so, awesome this is good this okay the moment, so the moment where i cried is yeah. when the corinthian gets dusted melted and he's crying yeah and i like i was really surprised in that moment just how sad he felt like all of a sudden this like little thin veneer that like created the all the charm and the whatever that we see in the corinthian like it just Mm -hmm. got boom just shattered away and you just see how he is just an entity of sadness Mm -hmm. yeah there is something powerful and uh, i mean and again i'm I'm really just leapfrogging off what you're just saying claire but i mean the corinthian particularly as presented here is a gay character and in his final moments he's crying because he's being told you are not right you are wrong i made you wrong you you are a mistake and there's something the juxtaposition of those two things yeah you know again yeah. alan heinberg because he is very much a gay writer you know mm-hmm. and I, I i'm sure that that's not accidental you yeah. know that is well and not only that but the choice of words that dream uses which is like you're such a disappointment yeah me yeah me yeah. straight dad you know mm-hmm. yeah it is that it is that moment yeah I mean, he says like the worst things. I had such yes. high hopes for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's he goes actually... back into he goes back into like I mean, yeah, it's not quite mad dad, but it's like it's bad dad. It's bad dad. It's bad dad. Yeah, yeah. which is interesting because you're like, this is actually. I mean, yes. <laughs> Let's not totally put aside. The fact that the Corinthian is a serial killer is <laughs> 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 not doing good shit. <laughs> yeah. However, I think that it's interesting that Dream is approaching him in that moment and actually being cruel. Yeah. You know, like he, this is his, it's not just, you know, some human that's being like, you're a disappointment. Like you guys are on the same level. And you created this person. You're his dad. Mm -hmm. Be disappointed in yourself, you little shit. Well, that's that's what it is. That's what it is, right? It is his disappointment in itself. You are really, you're underscoring something that is super important to me. That is something that comes out in me a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's the question of, does the fact that this person has done wrong justify you being a dick? An asshole. And and it doesn't. It never Mm -hmm. does to me. If you're a good person, then you're a good person. And if you're letting your behavior be dictated by the behavior of others, particularly of bad people, Mm -hmm. what are you? Who are you choosing as your role model, as your influence? Mm -hmm. 
you know? Well, and when and when Dream says to Lucian and gives her the little Corinthian skull, which is adorable, by the way. I need one of those. No, no. We all need That was also one of my hot takes. I was like, I'm going to need them to send me that in the mail. <laughs> like, I want express. one on my desk right here. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. I, I have to have one. I'm waiting. Come really on, so we're all there. We're yeah. all feeling it. Detail <laughs> opportunity. We, mm -hmm. I merchandising. In spite of the fact that Dream says, I don't think the Corinthian is ready to be remade yet. I've heard the words very overtly. I don't think I'm ready to make the Corinthian again. Like the, yeah. the, uh -huh. what went wrong with the Corinthian yeah. is not exactly Corinth on the Corinthian, but yeah. on the it's on maker. The maker. Oh, absolutely. Your that's child is yeah. made yeah. in your friggin' image, yeah. friend. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. He's he's projecting. And he's yeah. he's hating yes. the things he's projecting upon. Uh, yeah. He's being and I I yeah. completely agree. That was actually yeah. Claire cleared my hot take, oh, yeah. which was that moment where yeah. we get to see the Corinthians like actual sadness and yeah. heartbreak. I also yeah. feel like it's a he's saying those words, but he knows that she knows that he knows that she. Knows <laughs> that really it's that called like, subtext, yeah. and we're exactly all reading there. it. Uh, it's you know, called subtext, sweetie. We, we have we have now like cleared like multiple hot takes, so I think we're in the hot take section already. Yeah. And oh, okay. uh, one of my one of my hot takes is Hal ends up with Rose's housemate. You know the the housemate that mm -hmm. uh, sleeps yeah. with the Corinthian yeah. earlier on. Mm -hmm. In yeah. one of the final shots, Hal comes over and kisses him on the mouth, mm -hmm. and yeah. you're like, yeah, that's a that's an appropriate sort of wrap up to that little. Uh, for you, Hal, in a yeah. way, you do get to hook up with the Corinthian. <laughs> it's funny, like, I didn't, I because I saw that and I noted it, but I thought, uh, my, gay, my, my gay male friends and I have kissed each other on the mouths in a, in a not-together way. Sure. Like, so I, that didn't, it, it didn't take me, that just took me to, they're, they're acquainted now. That's really what I, how I read that, but. Maybe. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's how I interpret it. That's how I interpret Yeah, we're you know? kind of sad for you then yeah. a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Any other hot takes? I have a hot uh, take. It's kind oh. of embarrassing. Oh, no. Give it. Please. I have read the Sandman comic many, 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 many times. Mm -hmm. I have now watched this show twice. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time that I have noticed that when Rose pulls whatever it is that makes her a vortex out of herself, it's literally fucking desire sigil. Yeah. 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 Literally yeah. a heart, a gemstone heart. And, and the only part of it that makes me feel okay is that fucking uh, dream doesn't get it either until someone says something about golden eyed lover. Right. You know, they're just like, Oh, yeah. what? You know, like, like, <laughs> like, Oh, I see what's going on. I now. was like, I was like, are you serious right now? And I, 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 that's that's my hot take. Desires <laughs> in the wings. My hot take just... is that I'm not very smart. That's my hot take. <laughs> Desires in the wings, just like giggling, like I couldn't have made it more obvious for these people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up. Um, and, oh, I also obviously hot take. I want one of those little skulls, and also not for nothing. But when Stephen Fry turns into leaves. That's a pretty cool special effect. Yeah. Oh yeah. I that was that. Sound, the sound effects are nice too during that. It was time. gorgeous. Sort of... That whole yeah. moment yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. Really nicely done. Oh, I'll say last... that. No, oh. I have one more. I'm sorry. It's a, it, <laughs> and it's, am I the only one who sees at the very end when they're in hell 
and and you're looking down at all the demons in the courtyard. Mm-hmm. Is it me? Am I tripping? Or is that courtyard like a dead ringer for the courtyard of the Vatican? Oh, interesting. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I don't know enough about the Vatican. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know for it's... sure that it does, but I know that on this watch, I was like, this looks like the like the the vantage that the Pope sees. Like interesting. At least as I've seen it in movies, Very interesting. and that really hit me. I like that. that. It yeah, would be I think that's a cool take. Yeah. It Speaking... would be appropriate. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh. Wow. Nicely oh, done, Kelly no. Sue. I am so jealous of your brain. Oh my god. Yeah. No, don't say that. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is reasonable or not, but I want <laughs> these are not hot takes. These are the I wants. I want Desire and Lucifer together in the same room for more than a hot second. Like I just want them together Mm-mm. looking at each other. I no, want Desire. In my room, <laughs> like I want well. them in my room for uh-huh. way more than a minute. Like, <laughs> but I will take a minute. I'll take a minute if it's all I get, and I'll use it well. <laughs> I want, but them to have I a want to be in a room with desire about dream. I want them to dish on dream to the two of them together. Wait, you want you want them together to talk? Well, yeah, I don't. Yeah, like what? Yeah, because clearly, just talking <laughs> can produce a result, as Lisa has demonstrated for oh us God. by not staying in. Oh well, when desire comes oh. to my room, we won't be doing a lot. Let's sit down and have a discussion. Shall we? I do. <laughs> I do want to say that the very first note I wrote about the episode was Boyd Holbrook Damier stole this whole show, and then mm-hmm. right down near the bottom, it says, "I know what I said about Boyd Holbrook." And it was true until Mason Alexander Park was on screen again. Yes. I am. I like have like a problem. Right? Lisa has big time <laughs> hot for Mason I have Park. like a major crush on Mason Alexander Park right now. Like major. Uh, Their voice? Yeah. Distraction. Yes. I'm distracted. Amazing. They are. Are you Amazing. going to be able so, to make it through season two at all if they are arguably going to have more screen time? Uh, I mean, yeah. Are you like, do we need to send like supplies? I I imagine, I imagine, Lisa, I know you like to speed up episodes. I imagine you'll slow those episodes down. (laughs) No, we're not going to have to send Lisa anything for season two because she's going to have all she needs. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to stockpile everything I need before we even get started. Yeah. Like you need, you need water and food. Have you watched Cowboy Bebop yet? Oh, I haven't, but I did watch Quantum Leap. <laughs> oh, I haven't watched that yet. <laughs> um, I have uh, something to tell you about that, by the way. Oh, right. well, Offline. we'll save it for after the recording. Anyway, yeah. hot um, uh, hot takes. So other than I also need a Corinthian skull <laughs> and that I need desire to like be with me right now. Yeah. Um, I love the realization of the visuals like like in hell that ending tag in hell like azazel mm. like oh, that was so, cool. so fucking cool like so yeah. like and it's yeah. like stuff like merv and things mm-hmm. like azazel i just i adore the way these things are realized in this show yeah, absolutely yeah. adore mm-hmm. it um and mm. then my small detail 
because it's tagged at the it's tagged in episode nine at the begin like when they arrive at the hotel there's a there's this close-up shot of this woman in red heels that have like golden dragons on yeah. the heels and then here like after dream removes their delusions he's outside talking to matthew and we see her shoes walk past matthew in the background and i'm like who is this and where did she get those shoes <laughs> Those shoes are so awesome. Out of design. Like they were really, really noticeable. No, it wasn't desire. It can't be desire? No. Because when we do pan out and see, it's like a woman with like long hair, like Uh and a trench coat or something. Doesn't desire like morph into like other visual, like I guess it could be. It could be, but not that we Ah. I mean, I have to say that doesn't feel right. Yeah. I but I will you. take yeah. any opportunity to talk more about desire. <laughs> and listen, I know that it's like inappropriate to like feel all lusty about the hair grabbing scene, but I'm it's sorry. It's not inappropriate. Yeah. Don't yeah. come because they're like related characters, <laughs> oh, but the actors are not related. No. Okay. No. actors are not related and i'm sorry don't come up here and tell me that that wasn't fucking hot as hell and it was that so you hot nothing I in your no, body they knew what they were doing <laughs> i knew what like they were they're doing siblings in the found family kind of way not i knew yeah. what really they were wish doing. our viewers could see how fat lisa's hands were moving during that little bit of, <laughs> i mean <laughs> wagging fingers waving hands that. over her body and just and I, now the shoulders are just I'm gonna release a uh a gif a gif of this right um, a gif i'm gonna release a gif, GIF of this i gesticulate um, wildly around desire this is the hottest with me right now <laughs> this is the hottest hot take i think we've had uh it's yeah yeah like I said, um, you guys, I, I'm having a problem. It's not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. Like a problem. It not isn't a problem. a problem. I'm just, I'm, I'm in love. Yeah, yeah. I do have one more hot take. I'm sorry, yes. no, if, okay. if, but I don't want to interrupt anybody. No, go on. Yes. That okay. was my, that was the end for me. I don't like the implication that dreaming of sex with someone who's not your partner is somehow bad. And oh, I felt sure. like this episode mm. was making that implication. Mm. I don't have a problem with Barbie having that problem. I have a problem with the episode was basically saying that kind of fantasy is somehow bad. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. and ooh, and they were ooh. kind of implying that not only is it bad, but it's straight melee. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's just not yeah. true. Yeah. None of that I will true. say I that like that part, that part of the dream, like it it totally fell flat for me that I'm supposed to think this guy is some kind of like horrible person monster because he dreamt about getting a blowjob from mm-hmm. some other woman in a Ferrari. I yeah. mean, come on. That's not really yeah. like I mean, the comic made him like this capitalist pig. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? and that was really exactly. Like, and and that that didn't come off here. And, and it was, made everything. Yeah, it 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 painted a much grosser picture of him in the comic that yeah, yeah. Get here. that that depiction of his dream. I was just like, this is the most average shit I've ever seen. This yeah. is one of yeah. the most banal yeah. dreams. Like, I really, it's just yeah. more yeah. about him being like super regular yeah like like totally basic totally basic ultimately upset about and it's true she's out here dreaming entire fantasy realms and he's like this basic bitch getting a beach in a ferrari (laughs) give me a break yeah 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 it was just yeah it was so boring pumpkin spice of dreams for sure yeah 
<laughs> Don't denigrate the name of pumpkin spice with that. <laughs> I yeah, never yeah. would. I take it back. Yeah, I, actually, th- I mean, this pumpkin kinda... spice is pretty basic now, though, isn't it? Oh my gosh, I'll throw myself I... in a basic pot of pumpkin Look, spice. You're talking to a guy I who also... loves it. Ch- I love a chocolate chip cookie, which is the most basic thing in the world. So it's not, yeah. you know, yeah, I ain't no, mad. I love vanilla ice cream. You <laughs> <laughs> need that right. pumpkin spice all day long. We, all this, right. all right, we are veering into some amazing places, <laughs> but I'm going to pull us back. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to disregard my point that I had, because we're going to go into the, that episode was now. Uh, it, we're good. I think, I think we're good. This has been a great talk. Uh, so that episode was Kelly Sue. That episode was, I am in love with Boyd Holbrook. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, Justin, that episode was? <laughs> that episode was a shiny pearl in a dirty oyster. <laughs> Claire, that episode was? <laughs> sorry. Phil, Philip's still... like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I love it. I'm no, still I'm processing with you. I'm the oyster and I, like I, the juices. I get it. Dirty, dirty oyster. I am <laughs> dirty oyster. I'm sorry. Were you asking me what my... I was, uh, Claire. <laughs> what, that, what was that, that episode? Words. That episode was Born Again. Beautiful. Lisa, that episode uh, was. I'm going to bookend Kelly Sue's and say that episode was I am in love with Mason Alexander Park. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna say that episode was Toofy. I love I love Toofy. Yeah, well, especially with Mason Alexander Park, that smile. Oh my God, the oh, teeth. The yeah. uh, uh, Hal Holbrook. We finally got to see all the teeth right up front there. Boy, Boyd Holbrook. Holbrook. I said Baby. Hal. That's funny. Boyd Holbrook. <laughs> I'm telling you, my, my, my brain, my brain, is, my brain is just slipping that every would now be and then. A completely y'all. different show. Uh, it would be. Yeah, it would. What yeah. a great take on the Corinthian. That would be very funny. Very funny. Uh-huh. Um, uh, speaking of takes on things, we're going to go to uh, what Justin might think you would also like if you're enjoying uh, The Sandman with his recommendation. Oh, um, I think, and this may be something I've recommended before. Um, I, I really... Okay, so I'm a Neil Gaiman fan. I've kind of absorbed a lot of his work. Um, but The Sandman is not my favorite thing that Neil Gaiman has ever done, uh, nor is American Gods, nor even as Good Omens, you know, these things that have been adapted ad nauseum. My favorite, the, the thing that delights me in Neil Gaiman's um, uh, bibliography is specifically the novelization of Neverwhere, which I believe was originally intended as an audio drama. Um, it is, mm-hmm. it's fantasy of the Sandman ilk, you know, powerful beings from a variety of sources, you know, hidden among us in, in ways that the average person doesn't see. Um, it's got, you know, an interesting humor. It's got a fun main character, this sort of feckless, you know, ineffectual you know almost doddering you know klutz of a man um but it's just i don't know if claire has ever read neverwhere but when i think of some of the characters in neverwhere i think claire would find this character adorable this is a character that would she could hold right to her heart um and experienced the audio drama and it is delightful 
it's such a it's such a great great story and supposedly there is a sequel on the way which kind of delights me a bit um but you know i feel like we're technically at the end of the story even though we have one more episode to review but um so i thought it would be a good time to dip into my favorite uh thing in the neil gaiman catalog so yeah go out and get yourself neverwhere check that out it's some good shit awesome Neverwhere is that is that no i'm thinking stardust maybe i think i'm thinking stardust where the star falls from the sky yes that's not Neverwhere. Stardust, yeah. yeah neverwhere um, is about underground cities fantasy. cities hidden oh right cities. okay thank you yes. i actually haven't read neverwhere so uh maybe great I'll book get on that. Yeah. great book i'll yeah. get on that it's, it's why you need to mind the gap yeah fantastic excellent all right i'll yeah thank you for that recommendation uh the something that's missing London, but something that's missing general. from yeah. my uh own reading experience so um we've got one more episode uh, as was said so uh come back next week we're going to talk about episode 11 um cats and calliopes um and uh yeah uh when you're when you're done listening to this uh put up the walls for a little bit take a break and we'll see you next week This has been a Popsicle Podcast production.